1: It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word. And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Hebrews chapter number three. Hebrews chapter number three. When we ended last time, we were looking at our Lord's death as he came for the purpose to take on flesh to go to the cross. And it behooved him to do that, to be made lower than the angels so that he could take on the seed of Abraham. He could come, and as a merciful and faithful high priest, he could deal with the things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. And he ended that chapter saying, For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted, or to help them. Chapter 3, verse number 1, then says, Wherefore, based upon what I have just written, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, in the introduction of this, we see the brothers and sisters in Christ, the church, we see the fact that they have been called, they are partakers, they are fellow participants, a sharer in the things of God. Then there's this word that just jumps out at me like a neon sign. Okay, holy brethren, you partakers of the heavenly calling, consider, consider. And in this chapter number three, we want to consider Christ Jesus. We want to consider the things that are said here and so when we look at the word consider it's a word that has everything to do to fix one's thoughts and mind and eyes and attention upon and of course the upon is christ jesus let me read the first verse which ends in a semicolon Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle, capital A, and the high priest, capital H and P, of our profession, Christ Jesus. You fix your thought, your mind, your attention, your eyes upon him. It means to concentrate, it means to seek, to focus, to be attentive. In order to grasp hold of something. We need to fix our attention upon Jesus. We need to consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. We must set ourselves apart to him. And what we see here is, first of all, we're to consider some things. In fact, I'm going to give you 10 of them 10 things that we are to consider and the first is consider his credentials who he is we see here consider the apostle it is in a capital letter a the apostle was a messenger that was sent forth like a delegate like an ambassador or a someone who was commissioned he was sent Jesus Christ was sent by the very plan of salvation that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost planned out in eternity past, that Christ would come to this earth. Consider that apostle, the apostle, not the apostles who Christ said, go and as I leave and go back to heaven, you now take over. No, you consider him. And the high priest of our profession, The fact that we have confessed Jesus Christ as our Savior, he has become our high priest. We do not go under the legal system, and we do not go under the Old Testament priestly system. We're not under the Aaronic priest system. And as we progress through the book of Hebrews, we're actually going to see uh, some chapters and verses dealing with the Aaronic priesthood versus the new and different priesthood after the order of Melchizedek. And one of the verses that I'm going to paraphrase here that we will run across will say something to this effect. If the Aaronic priesthood could do what Christ was able to do, there would have been no need for it to have been discontinued. But it couldn't. Therefore, there had to arise up a different type of priesthood that could deal with completely with sin instead of move it forward and cover it up for a year. Consider you put your attention upon our apostle our messenger, our high priest the one who intercedes on our behalf. His name is Christ Jesus. Remember that the book of Hebrews deals with Christ is better. He is better than the angels. He is Better than the Aaronic priesthood. He is better than the Old Testament sacrifices. And in these first six verses, he is better than Moses. So consider his credentials. But then I want you also to consider his credibility. Consider his credibility. Verse two: who was faithful to him that appointed him? as also Moses was faithful in all his house. What a statement. Uh, Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you know, he's God. He's not going to mess up. He can't sin. He's not going to come down here and get it all wrong. But what he says here is he was faithful. The word faithful means credibility, truthfulness, belief, trustworthy, he was credible he was trustworthy he was worthy to be believed he was worthy to place your confidence in so it says who was faithful to him that appointed him just like moses was christ was faithful and christ said all through the gospels i have come to do my father's will i and my father is one i always do those things that please the father And he came with credibility. He came and he was seen. They watched him. They watched him for the wrong reasons. They watched him to try to ensnare and entrap him. They tried to get him in his words, but they they just never could. He's faithful. He never came and was unfaithful to his heavenly father or to the reason why he was brought down he was faithful to him that appointed him he was faithful in everything that he did he was faithful to the journey to the cross he was faithful on the cross he was faithful after the cross he's faithful now but god is faithful And then he uses a comparison. He said, as Moses was faithful in all his house. What a thought process to to go to man. But I think one of the things that maybe we should get out of this is, you know, there's very little faithfulness today. People are not that faithful. I heard somebody say one time, God is not looking to you to find out what you can do. Like you, oh man, I, I, can't, I can't do this without you. I've got to have your ability. I've just got to have that ability. You, you are so capable. I've got to have that ability. God is not looking for your ability. He is looking for your dependability. He is looking to see if you can be depended on. He can be depended on. Can you be depended on? We break contracts at the speed of a freight train. They say today, don't do things verbally, write it down, because if it's not writing, it didn't happen. But even when things are written down, vows are said, legal papers end up being drawn up. Why? Because people are not faithful. Trustworthy, honest, upfront, faithful to him. He was faithful to God. Like Moses was faithful. God. Boy, I tell you, I've read through the books of uh, the Pentateuch. You get into Exodus, and all the complaining that they did before they got out of Egypt. And they finally get out of Egypt, and oh, they did three days journey, and they're complaining. Then came Amalek. Then there's no water, and they're complaining. They get into the book of deuteronomy and they're wandering through the wilderness till the older generation dies off because they are complainers they constantly they were not faithful and many times God said step back he did that with Korah in the crowd and Moses intervened several times and finally when it came to Korn's crowd he told the congregation get away from them and we'll let God judge and if they die a different way a new way a way that's not been seen before like the earth opening up and swallowing everything. Well, that's exactly what happened. They were that way. In fact, when we get to verse 7, you're going to see uh, something that the Lord says about that. But he was faithful, like Moses was faithful in all his house. I'm glad that uh, there is a way to be faithful. It's just placing every ounce of confidence in, to consider Jesus. The house, the house that we have is the house of God. It, so it stands for the things that we do in our work for God, in building and guiding through the work for our Savior, the things that he has done. Because he says in verse number three, we see not only or we to consider Christ credibility, but we're to consider Christ counting. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. To count worthy means to deem entitled to, to think upon. It has the idea to esteem or to reckon worthy. This man was reckoned. He was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Yes, he's better than Moses. And he gives the reason, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house has more honor than the house. The word build there means to prepare. It deals with preparing completely and thoroughly to fully be ready. And so this man was counted more worthy. Christ, you consider him because he has prepared everything. He did more than just honor the house. He did more than just live in the house correctly. He is the one that prepared it totally for you and I. And so he makes it very clear we are to consider this counting and we're to consider his construction because it says, He that buildeth the house hath more honor than the house, for every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. Now, let me just say, we couldn't build anything. We couldn't prepare anything if God had not created matter and atoms and electrons and neutrons and all those things that God created and gave man a mind. That he could learn to do those things God has been good and I'm telling you we need to consider this entire wonderful exciting Jesus Christ because he is something special Moses was faithful in all of God's house but boy Christ was the one who builded it and he was faithful but he also was part of it. He is worthy to be looked at. Look, my friend, consider consider him, consider his credentials, consider his credibility, consider his counting, consider his construction, because every man builds something. But also, we want you to consider his comparison. Look at his comparison. Verse number five and six. And Moses verily, or truthfully, was faithful in all his house as a servant. As a servant. And the, the, the word servant there carries the idea of an attendant, someone who serves menial things. For a testimony of those things which were spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Now, wow, whoa, Christ is better than Moses because Moses was faithful as a servant to do the menial things because anything that we do is just right for us to do. But when we come to Jesus Christ, consider him because he was faithful over God's house as God's son, and we're of that house. He called us by his wonderful grace and mercy from what he did at the cross. Hey, listen, we are of his house. Now you need to hang in there and you need to understand that God is faithful and Christ as a son is faithful and we need to consider his faithfulness as a son because as we read through the Bible, we find out that not only were we born into the family of God, but we are adopted as sons and we need to be faithful. He is the example of the perfect son. And we need to use him as our perfect and only example. Now, he uses an if statement here. He said, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Now, what he is saying here is this, if we were saved truthfully. With, we got uh, then we are housed with him, and we can hold fast confidence and rejoice in that. but you cannot do that. The caution here is that you are going to be judged by how you respond. There is an interesting uh, there are a lot of verses in Hebrews that you look at them and you say, hmm. I wonder if, you know, I could lose my salvation. No. What he's saying is you better check up. Did you get a possession or a profession? Is it a head knowledge or is it something else? We are his house if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. The end. We who are believers belong to the house of Christ. And we are being cautioned. We are being cautioned to hold fast. We are being cautioned to hold fast. Well, what in the world does that mean? It means to take possession and keep it, to hold it. It's an intensity. We are to possess it, seize it, and not hinder it. That's the idea of holding fast. Well, what are we holding fast? The confidence. And it's a word that has to do with a bold confidence, an all-out frankness, a bluntness, an all-out spokenness. Now, you can get blunt and you can get, uh, you know, cocky. That's not what he's talking about. This is the boldness that we have when he says, let us come boldly before the throne, that we have a confidence in him, that our steadfast confidence, our expectation, Our belief system, everything is bold in him. I'm outspoken because of him. And that creates the rejoicing of the hope. We already told you that hope is a confident expectation. And I can hold that hope firm, secure, steadfast all the way to the end. Consider Christ Consider his credentials, his credibility, his counting, his construction, his comparison. But oh my goodness, as those first six verses excite me, but we turn a page here and we need to consider his command. Where for? And then there's an open parenthesis. That goes down to the end of verse 11, where he adds a bunch of things before he says the rest. I am going to jump to verse 12 from verse 7 and leave out the parentheses so you get the context. And then I'm going to put the parentheses back in. Okay? Wherefore take heed, brethren. Wherefore take heed, brethren. Okay? There is the. Uh, command, but there's also in the parentheses a command. Wherefore, parentheses, as the Holy Ghost saith today, he's actually going back and pulling Scripture from the Old Testament, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. The word harden not, do not be stubborn, stiff-necked, Man, he he said that a lot in the Old Testament to Israel. You are rebellious and a stubborn people. He said, don't do that. Command, harden not your hearts as in the provocation when they provoked him. Well, where did that happen? In the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, verse 9, proved me and saw my works 40 years. They tested to prove me. I proved them that I would take care of them. They said this. I said this. They said they needed water. They got water. They saw my works 40 years, and they still were the way they were. Wherefore, based on the way they were, I was grieved, vexed, literally, is what that word means. I mean, I was offended. I took uh, note against that. I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart and have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. And there is the end of the parentheses. Wherefore, don't be like that. Take heed. Take heed. Here's his command turned also to a caution. Consider his command. Harden, not your heart, and take heed, but also his caution. Take heed, brethren, be careful, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. What would take you away? What would get you out of church? What would stop you from reading your Bible? What would cause you to say, I'm done. I will do this no more. Consider his commands. Consider his caution. Consider that generation he was irritated with, grieved with. He said they saw everything and they hardened their hearts. Don't do that you brethren. Take heed. And the idea of take heed is beware. Look. Regard. Lift up your eyes and see and don't let this happen. Don't let an evil heart of unbelief come into you. But verse 13 but instead exhort one another daily while it's called today the word exalt has the idea of comfort consider his call to comfort exhort one another while it's called today let's comfort one another today lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin not only will sin harden you but the very deceitfulness of it will get you you've got to be careful. Be careful, be careful, be careful. Exhort one another. Comfort, beseech, help one another. Today, it's called today, okay? Verse 14 through verse 16, his companionship. For we, I love that, are made partakers, fellow partners of Christ. If we hold, we possess it and hang on to our possession if we hold the beginning of our confidence again our total confidence steadfast unto the end it's firm it's it's there's nothing going to shake it we don't want our faith shaken by anybody that walks along we want it bolstered by our lord daily and by those who exhort one another daily We are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said, Today, are you listening? Right now. This is the Lord speaking. Consider Christ. He speaks today. You listen today. Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. And again, when we look at this, do not harden your hearts. He is warning them. He is telling them, let that not be one bit a part of who you are. Don't do it. You know why? Verse 16. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. It wasn't everybody. Thank goodness it wasn't everybody. But the last verses we see consider Christ's condemnation. Then who was it? Okay, who was it? For some when they had heard did uh, provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? That's who it was, yeah. And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? He said to the unbelievers, nope no rest for you, you've sinned, you're going to die, you're unbelievers. So we see, verse 19, that they could not enter in because of unbelief. That's where they were. And then he is going to continue about this rest that there is for people. But right now, chapter number 3, I ask you this simple question. Are you considering Jesus? Are you considering Jesus? him are you taking every mean to fix your thought and mind and attention and eyes upon him concentrating seeking to grasp and to focus and to learn all you can father i pray we'll consider jesus and we will grow in the grace and the knowledge and the wonderful things of the word of god and we'll enjoy the good things of god for us in the precious name of jesus christ we pray amen and amen. Have a great week.
0: Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word. It thrills me through and through. I believe every word is true. Oh, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do word, it thrills through and through.
1: I believe every word. You have been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths, the radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.